look at that, and it's called common sense. Now, I don't know how uh, long y'all have been going to church or being a member of a church or going to hear sermons or listening to sermons on radios or listening to sermons on TV. Nancy and I listen to some sermons on our phones, and we have uh, certain preachers recorded on the TV, but we've been, we've been Christians. And, uh, uh, Nancy and I have been in the ministry for a long time. A lot of times when you have been in church or been uh, seated under a, a good theologian or a good preacher like we have here, or other times that uh, I've been under good uh, preachers and good theologians like myself, anyway, uh, most of the time the things that you hear are things that you already know. And it, it, it's just repeated. Sometimes it's in different uh, different mannerisms, uh, uh, different words, or different so-and-so. They get out a different translation. But it's things that you already know. I heard a definition one time of a pastor. A pastor is somebody who reminds you just things that you already know. And so I'm going to give you some things that you can take into 2024 in which, uh, you know, I hope that uh, we don't have any uh, weirdos here that make New Year's resolutions. I hope, I hope, I hope you don't. Because it's a waste of time and it's stupid. I'll just give it to you like that. Uh, you know, because uh, most of the time you're not going to keep your resolutions. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, it, it's kind of a uh, waste of time to do it anyway. But uh, uh, so let's, uh, let's not complicate things tonight, okay? We're going to get plain and simple. I'm not going to give you big uh, the theological words because I don't know any. So uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to have a good time, and we're going to go to prayer uh, after that, as we always do. And that's, that's the part I like, is uh, going into prayer. But if you have your Bibles open, chapter 3 of the book of, Gal uh, of Galatians. This is a marvelous book. I love this book. Uh, uh, common sense. First of all, let me tell you what common sense means, okay? Common sense is defined as ordinary good sense and judgment. Ordinary good sense and judgment. Now, it's a rarity today to have ordinary good sense and judgment. But here in the book of Galatians, we're going to talk about some things. Uh, first of all, let's look at the, the we're going to read a, a couple of verses here in the second, third chapter of the book of Galatians. Is everybody there? Say amen. All right. And we're going to look at some different translations in uh, different uh, uh, these verses in different translations, okay? Let's pray before we go. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the gift of your word. And we pray tonight as we uh, look at it, as we uh, discuss it, as, we, uh, uh, as you breathe on it with the Holy Spirit, we thank you for it. We thank you for giving me an opportunity to uh, uh, speak about your word. It is a privilege. And I pray, Lord, that everything that comes from my mouth would be of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. We pray that we, as we go into year 2024, that it would be an exciting year. Uh, and we love you. In uh, Jesus' name I pray, amen. But look what he says here. Now, we're studying in our Sunday school class in the book of 1 Corinthians. And that's one of Paul's letters to the churches. And this is one of Paul's letters to the church of Corinth, uh, from Galatia, excuse me. And it says here, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Uh, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was, was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. 
This only I want to learn from, uh, from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now stop right there. This, this is marvelous. These are marvelous verses. Now, what we're talking about, all right, what we're going to talk about is, is eternal life, all right? But not only eternal life, but having a relationship with God. You realize that the, when you become a child of God and you invite Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, you repent of your sins, invite, you are having a relationship with God. And every time the Word of God opens up, now most preachers will tell you this, every time the Word of God is opened up and you're preaching from the Word of God and or you're teaching the Word of God, it's God. And that alone, uh, even when you're reading in your devotionals, okay, that alone should put the fear of God in you. Or if you're if you're if you're witnessing witnessing to somebody when you're preaching or when you're teaching, that alone should put the fear of God in you because you don't want to say or do anything that would defame or, or or misinterpret the scripture. Now let me say something about scripture. Now, scripture says, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians, I'm not for sure now. You can you can look it up for yourself. There are not many interpretations of the scripture. Because there's only one faith, one Lord, one baptism. There is only one interpretation of Scripture. You can't have many interpretations of the Scripture. Otherwise, you get off into some other wild religion, okay? Like, uh, uh, y'all remember uh, David Koresh in Waco, Texas? You know, uh, his interpretation of the Scripture you know, uh, uh, Charles Manson had it, his interpretations of the scripture. The, 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 uh, uh, if y'all been, if y'all get the newspaper or get any kind of news, y'all know what the Pope is 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 doing, and uh, that's the reason why uh, the Methodist Church, the Methodist Church, is splitting apart from one another because they have different interpretations of the scripture. There are not many interpretations of the scripture. There is only one interpretation of the scripture, not many, one. And so, and uh, so, uh, the reason why I go to this church because I believe there's only one interpretation of the scripture. All right, I believe everybody ought to be a progressive Baptist. I believe everybody ought to be a Calvinist. Okay, Amen. Chickens, man, I tell you what. All right now. God does not nor cannot change even when we have a relationship with him. Okay? He does not change. Now, if, if, you, if you read any of the scriptures, any of the uh, gospels, you'll find that Jesus said, I did not come to do my will, but I came to do the Father's will. See, let, let, let me give you an a, a, a open interpretation of what God is not. God is not some big sugar daddy. He's not going to give you what you want or what you pray. That's blasphemy. He wants you, it's like Jesus said, I did not come to do my will, but I come to the, do the will of the one who sent me. And so as you alive, everyone here alive, right? Got a heartbeat, got blood flowing and everything? All right, if you're a child of God, he did not appoint you and choose you and elect you to do your will. He elected you and chose you to do his will. Over there, common sense. See, it's about, see, God does not change. Uh, 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 the fact that you have nothing to offer God, oh, the only thing that you gave to God was your sin. 
That's all. Let me tell you something about God. This, this, I love this. I love this one. God does not need you. He is complete. He is holy. He is perfect. God does not need you. You need God. Isn't that amazing? Man, when God, when God, uh, when, uh, when God chose me and, and he said, Doug, I want you to be, I want you to, I want you to be a pastor. When God, when I was, I was, I was saved, I was born again, and God said, Doug, I want, I was sitting in, in the congregation about where Jack's sitting right there. He said, Doug, I want you to be a pastor. I said, God, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to pastor people or church people. I just want to just sit in the congregation. I was an ordained deacon at the time. I just want to be a deacon. I just want to serve on committees that I serve on. That's all I want to do. And God said, yeah, but you're not doing what you want to do. You're doing what I want you to do. And see, that's the problem. See, there's a lot of church people that are doing what they want to do, not what God wants them to do. And see, that's the thing. God doesn't change. And, 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 and God loves you, but God doesn't need you. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? God doesn't need you, but he, according to Scripture, according to the Word of God, what, what did he do? He chose you. You can't get away from it, boy, uh, boys and girls. You can't get away from it. I don't know why I called you boy, boys and girls. You look so young. <laughs> you feel like a bunch of deadheads like I do after the Christmas, don't you? So, so what we have to remember is it's not about you. See, It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God. Now, now, now here's the plan, all right? Now, here's the plan. First thing we're going to look at is corruption. He says in, the, in that first verse, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. If, if, if you have a chance to get an Amplified Bible, get it. All right? The Amplified Bible is, is a direct interpretation of the Greek and Hebrew. So if you can get an Amplified Bible, I, I would encourage you to get it. It says, out of the Amplified, O you poor and silly and thoughtless, an unreflecting and, and senseless Galatian, who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you? I was reading an article in a magazine when I was, uh, when I was pastoring. I used to get to magazines, just loads of magazines, you know, and uh, about, the, about the church, about the world, you know. One magazine I got said... Uh, we need to figure out what to do with the Calvinists. <laughs> they need to be, they, what they need to do is that some of them Baptists need to be converted to Calvinism. That's what they need. But, uh, and I was looking at this magazine. Listen, listen, listen to this statistic. It, it's amazing. Do you know that 90%, 90% of Americans believe in God? 90%. And, and many believe that just believing in God would be enough. You know, a lot of people believe that. But, you know, but we as, uh, but, it, but it's not. The gospel, and we've heard Brother Joseph say this, the gospel's been corrupted. It has. Because, see, what a lot of the church today wants you to believe that you don't need Jesus Christ, all you need is God. But if you ain't got Jesus Christ, you ain't got God. See, it, it, it's corrupt. It's, it, it's, it's not about going to a certain church or obeying its bylaws or doing certain ordinances. 
if, if, if many believe if I just go to church, if I just go to church, let me say something. Let me, let me say this. This church will not save you. Or if I just obey the bylaws, okay, or be a good husband and a good wife, now being honest with me, I don't want no raise of hand, don't shake your head, I don't want any kind of motion. How many of you guys or gals yelled at one another this week? Look at, look at Stu points to her. See? <laughs> See? It's not about that. It's not, just, it's not about just obeying your parents, even though you should obey your parents, and just be generally good and give a little to the church and be charitable. A lot of people believe that. A lot of the people in church believe that. Now you, you can just do these things and everything's going to be all right. But I believe, I believe, and I know that's not true. That, that, that's where people have a hard time understanding I've got a nephew and a, and a, a sister-in-law believe it just be good and just believe in just, just, and I don't have to go to church. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. But listen, you have nothing redeemable when it comes to making yourself acceptable to God. Nothing. We're all, we're all a fat zero. We're all a fat zero. But, but see, what you have to understand is God is holy. God is holy. And if you think that anything you can do or there is anything you could offer that could help make you right with God is actually saying that you are equal to God. And, and, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, see, tonight. Because uh, as far as I know, everyone here, might be, there might be a few, that, but most of us here know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know? And we know that there's... That, that, that we have, when we stand before Jesus Christ, nothing we have is redeemable other than Him. And the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, but God, he's, he's, he's God the Holy Spirit. And, and so you're not equal with God, okay? We're not equal with God. You're saying that you, your act is equal to what Jesus did on the cross. That's blasphemy. I, I don't go to church or read my Bible or pray because it has anything to do with my salvation. I don't. Because it has nothing to do with my salvation. The only thing, the only person that has anything to do with my salvation is Jesus Christ. Him alone. Huh? Jesus alone. It's just Jesus alone, see? I, I don't do these things because I, 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 I need to. I do these things because I love him and I have to. I have to. Why do I come to church? I have to because I love him. Why do I read my Bible every day? And Nancy and I have devotionals. Because I, 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 not only do I need to, all right, but I have to because I love him. Why do I give? Why do I give? Why do I, why do I, why do I tithe? We're scared to death of that word, tithe. Why do I tithe? Because I love him. Not because of me. It's because of him. See? That's the reason why, that's the reason I come to church. That's the reason why, as I look out, most, most, most of y'all here are always here on Wednesday nights. Why? 
When it says, when it says remember, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Why, well, the only thing you're going to be accountable to is on Sundays. Duh. Don't forsake the assembling together as a matter of some is, but so much more as you see the day approaching. Now, if you, if you watch any news and you're watching the, the war in Israel, you can see that this could possibly be the last Christmas we have as a church, right? People are surrounding Israel from all sides. That's one of the signs of the last days. See? That's one of the signs of the last days. Now, we know that it still has to be some more stuff coming apart when Russia, Germany, and some of the other countries gather together and attack Israel. We know, you know, when, when, when that begins to happen, we know that it, just look up because your redemption draws nigh. Okay? But now we're coming on the last stages of the last days because uh, Israel is, is surrounding all sides. And so uh, I don't do these things because I, I, I have to. I do these things because I need it. And you should need it as a child of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think uh, uh, people are going to be surprised when they stand before a living God and give account for their church life. All right? The church life, okay? God has put the want to in my life, okay? I want to. I want to be here on Wednesday nights. Well, Brother Doug, you just come on Wednesday nights because Nancy teaches. No, that's not, that's not the way it is. Uh, he saved me because, not because he needed me, he saved me because he chose me because I needed him. And according to Scripture, see, I'm not, I'm not going by according to some other person's theology. I'm going by Scripture. According to Scripture, I was chosen from the foundation of the world. I'll show you a little illustration. When I got saved, I was already a church deacon, a church Sunday school teacher, and on committee after committee, after I was involved, man. I was there at that church almost every night. Here's what God did, okay? When God saw me at that revival meeting, and Brother Angel Martinez was preaching, he was preaching the gospel. And when that Holy Spirit hit me right between the eyes, and I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, God said, you know, I, I believe I'll write Doug's name in the Lamb's Book of Life. No, that's not the way it was. My name was already there. But him being a sovereign God, he already had my name there. And if, you, and if you think for an instant that God writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life when you get saved, you don't believe in a sovereign God. You know? I'd go a step further, but it, it would... <laughs> It blew my mind when this came to my mind the other day when I was the other night when I was uh, fixing to go to sleep in in bed. Does anybody else here go to bed and go to sleep? Raise your hand. Nancy goes to bed to read. I'll go to bed and go to sleep. You know. But uh, I'm secure not because of me. I'm secure because of Him. I'm saved not because of my righteousness. I'm saved because of His righteousness. But because I have relationship not because of what I have done, but because of what my Lord, my Savior did at Calvary. See? But not only at Calvary, but not only what he did do, 
But what he didn't do, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. So if you're saved, you're saved and safe and secured. Not because you go to church or give or any other work you do. It's because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, let me say this. If you are saved, you want to go to church. If you are saved, you do want to read the Word of God. If you are saved, you do want to give. If you are saved, you do want to work. All right? All right. But anyway, you mean that you could sin and rebel against God and still be His child? Yes. When you were faithless, I am faithful. I shall never leave thee nor forsake thee. Because, see, if you're his child, you really can't deny him. There's no way. There's no way you can do it. You mean to tell me, Doug, if, if, if because of your sin you won't suffer? No, I'm not saying that. You will suffer. Let me read you a scripture. And uh, this, is a, this is a well-known scripture. I, I preached one time through the book of Hebrews. And I, I enjoyed that probably more than any book I ever preached through. And, and, and you know, uh, people say they don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. I do. Holy Spirit did. It says in verse number 5 of chapter 12, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as it is to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you uh, as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Verse number 8. But if you are without ch chastisement, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. something in it so if you do things that aren't pleasing to God in your life or as as, uh, as 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 scripture says sin and you're not punished then you're not his child now let, let me let me give an example I have three sons my three sons some of y'all got that you older folk <laughs> Now, my sons are different. They're different characters. My oldest boy, I could have beat him to death. Okay? My middle son, he was kind of in the middle. Okay? My youngest son, he was a good boy. You know why? Because he saw the other two and took it as an example. But all of them had different characteristics. And, they, and, and I, I punished them the same, but it was different. See, that's the amazing thing about a holy God, a God who knows all things. He punishes us differently. It's not the same. Because he knows the things that will punish us more than others. See, he punishes me different than he punishes John or Jedediah. Or Jack. He punishes me different because he knows my character, my personality. But he still punishes me. Boy, I'm telling you, when his, 
when those things happen. But he's a, he's a, he's a he's an awesome God. And I tell you what, it's a, and, and and God is just that way. But look at verse two. He says, "Let me ask you this one question: Did you receive?" I'm reading this out of different translations, so you just kind of follow along with me. Look at the correction. Let me. He says, "Let me ask you this one question: Did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying the law and doing its works, or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Was it from observing a law of ritual or from a message of faith?" Now, in verses two. 5, 9, 11, and 12, Paul mentions faith, 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 faith. See? We had Jesus alone. Now we got faith alone. I, I, I don't obey the law of grace because I have to. I obey the law of grace because I want to. I am compelled to. See? I'm not a... You've heard that uh, uh, scripture, we're free in Christ. Free from the law. Amen, boy, I tell you. If, if we weren't free from the law, we'd all go to hell. None of us would be saved. It would be impossible because we'd all have to be perfect. The Pharisees and the Sadducees. Remember what Jesus told them? You hypocrites, you whitewashed sepulcher, you're full of dead men's bones. You know why? Because they try and they thought they could obey the law perfectly. And you can't obey the law. I'll tell you what, thank God for grace. But if you can't obey the law, it's impossible. I'll tell you what, I praise God for, and I also praise God for his correction. Because if it was by the law, no one would be saved because you would have to be perfect, like I said. And the only person that was perfect was Jesus. According to scripture, the law was written for the Jews, and if salvation was through the law and not faith, we wouldn't have a chance. Again, I love the Hebrews. Turn, if you're at Hebrews, turn to Hebrews. Make you work tonight. All right, we're going right along. Hebrews chapter 8. If you have titles in your Bible, this title, I have, starting with verse 7 of chapter 8 of Hebrews, says a new covenant. Do you have that? Do you have it over yours, Jack? A new covenant? Oh, man, I love that. Look at verse, look at verse, uh, look at verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. It wasn't faultless. Look at verse 13. In that he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Amen. Man, I'll tell you what. I'm glad there was a new covenant. Aren't you? I'll tell you what. That, that, that just, uh, it's not the law or it's interpreted the flesh. But it solely is based on faith. Now I want to read you what it says on, on uh, verse 13 of this Hebrews. Uh, of what it says in the Amplified Version. It says, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the cursed doom 
of the law and to condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Praise God for that new covenant. Amen. That's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we get to worship. Okay? That's the reason why we get to worship. And listen. Let me, let, let, let me put a, a ringtail on this. Okay? You cannot worship any way you want to. No. That's, not, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lie straight from the pits of hell. That's not true. You worship the way God wants you to worship. Worship me in spirit and in truth. What's the truth? It's the word of God. I don't need anything I can have. Anything I have, it's, it's, it's all about him. It's all about, it's all about the, uh, our, our Lord and Savior. But look at the conclusion. Uh, verse uh, number three is the conclusion. The logical consequence of a reasoning process Now, the conclusion is, the reason why it's by faith, so, so everyone could be included, not just Jews. Everyone could be included. What did Jesus say? He said in his sayings, there are others other than the Jews. Ta-da! That's me! Huh? See, the new covenant is so... Of course, I was already his child because my name was in the book of life from the very foundation of the world. But he said, man, I've got I to gotta include these others. All right? i got to include these others. I got, I got, that's who I died for. That's who he died for on the cross. He died for, he died for, listen, he died for the others. That's something, isn't it? The reason why it's, it's by faith and not flesh, the reason why God doesn't include your works into the redemption process or the reason why God doesn't include it with the, with the security of your salvation is because no one could or would be saved. No one could stay saved. Because right? if you say you have no sin in the book of 1 John, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. And he's, he's talking to Christians about that. If the truth is not in you, if the truth is in you, he's saying, man, you, you as a child of God, under this new covenant, you're covered because you're going to sin. I sin every time I get out and drive. There are a lot of stupid people out there. Let me tell you. Okay? And let me tell you, when Nancy's in the car with me, she knows it too. She said, I'm never driving with you again. That's about like saying to her telling me, I'm never going to talk to you again. Okay? You don't have it. Man, I'll tell you what. Abraham's faith wasn't in the law. Because the law was written 430 years after Abraham. He was, he, his, 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 uh, his faith was in the promise. It was in the promise. Now to Abraham and his seed, in verse 16 of Galatians, now to Abraham and his seed, singular, were the, prom, were the promises made. He saith not, and to, to seeds as of many, but as, as of one into thy seed, which is Christ. That one seed, Jesus Christ. That promise was made to Abraham. And that's what he believed. He didn't believe it. He didn't have nothing to do with the law. What do we have today? You take Israel. 
for instance. Now, the scripture says, bless Israel, I will bless you, curse Israel, I will curse you. Now, don't be so naive to think that everything they do is right. That's stupidity. Don't be ignorant to think everything they do is right, because it's not. Now, we as the United States of America should support Israel, but we need to lay down some demands to Israel. Okay? Just because we lay down some demands, that don't mean we're, we're going against Israel. But not everything they do is right. Don't be so naive and, and, uh, and foolish to think that it is. But uh, now, it says in now, the conclusion is in verse 18 of the book of Galatians. I'm going to read it to you. For if the inheritance of the promise depends on observing the law, as these false teachers would like for you to believe, it no longer depends on the promise. However, God gave it to Abraham as a free gift solely by the virtue of his promise. Anything added is law, not faith. You can't add anything to your salvation. If, if it is, it's law. Well, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's the reason why I never, I never believed in begging people to come to church. You shouldn't have to beg. God should compel you to come. The Holy Spirit should compel you to come. The Holy Spirit should compel, compel you, compel you. We're going to talk about something here in a minute. All right? The Holy Spirit should compel you to work. The Holy Spirit should compel you to love. The Holy Spirit should compel you to encourage. Man, that's what it's all about, see? It's, it, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not law. It's, it's, it's grace. Anything other than faith is not acceptable. Other than faith is not acceptable to God. Anything other than faith alone is not acceptable to God. But with faith alone, you're not alone. You have God in Christ. Now, faith alone saves. Okay? We know the saying, right? You know what I'm fixing to say. Faith alone saves, but faith that saves is not alone. It's not alone possibility okay it comes with works all right now I'm not talking about physical work it's spiritual work that the scriptures talking about it's not talking about physical work because nothing you can do can save you or keep you saved it's all spiritual see that's the reason why man can't understand scripture because scripture is spiritual see when you read the book of James and it talks about works the book of James is a marvelous book it talks about works but it's not talking about physical work it's talking about why do you think it's so important now sooner or later God's going to reveal it to you okay let me say that what your spiritual gift is if you're a child of God you have a spiritual gift not, we're not going to go into that, all right? We're not going into that. But you have a spiritual gift. Now, I know, I know any shadow of doubt, my wife's spiritual gift is teaching, okay? And another spiritual gift is telling me what to do. No, her spiritual gift is teaching and organization. I know what her spiritual gifts are. See? That's what he's talking about in the book of James. 
works. It's not talking about physical work. It's not talking about the kind of work it does, it's building. That's a talent. Yeah, that's a talent for sure. But that's, 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 that's not a spiritual gift. That's what it's talking about in the book of James. Using your spiritual gift to work for the Lord. Okay? That's, that's what it's talking about. You know, a lot of people think a spiritual gift is, well, I can come down here and I can vacuum the, the auditorium or, or uh, you know, uh, or I can do this physically. I can mow the lawn. That's my, that, that's my work. No, it's not. <laughs> don't, 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 don't get me wrong. God loves that. Don't get me wrong. He does. But he loves us to love one another, to be encouragers like Barnabas. That's, a, that's, that's neat to be, to be an encourager, you know. And really, when you go up to somebody and you ask, when you ask, Martha, how you doing? You really want to know how she's doing, right? Now, I don't want to see all the scars and the bruises that, that Stu put on her all the time. But, you know, but you're really serious about being an encourager, you know. Hey, you do a great job, man. I love you. I love you being here. You're, 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 you're constant. You're, you're, you're being an encourager. That's what God wants us to be. There's... there's there's, there's something that comes along with real faith. And it's not anything physical. It's spiritual. Right? You do understand what I'm saying? You say, well, Brother Doug, I'm at church all the time. That's not what he's talking about. It's good that you're here all the time. You should want to be here all the time. When the doors are open. When they're having something special. Or, you know? Whatever. That's, that's for you. Yeah. On Sundays, we come here to praise God. It's not for you. Get that out of your head. Sundays is for Jesus. Sundays is for God. You come to praise Him. Okay? Now, when you come on Wednesday nights, we have prayer. That's good. That's good. You know, Lord, we need this. Or, uh, you know, our hearts are concerned about this. And, and that's good. But on Sundays, that's His day. You praise Him. When you get up in the mornings, you do your devotionals. You praise him. God, thank you for your word. Amen. Amen. I really enjoyed uh, our devotionals uh, in Christmas time. Talked about the angels and, and so on and so forth. And how we're surrounded by so such a cloud of witnesses. So, there's something that comes with real faith. All right? So, uh, I hope uh, you uh, maybe learned something tonight. If you didn't, it, maybe I reminded you of something. And so, we'll, uh, we'll go to uh, our prayer time that we have.